gracious God, Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, host of hope, and the Holy Ghost, we bless you and praise your holy name this day for the opportunity you've given us to come together to worship you in the beauty of holiness. Lord, it's not because of our goodness or our carefulness that we are here, but you have had mercy upon us today and granted us the desires of our heart. And for that, we give you thanks, hallelujah, and bless and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for the assembling of your people together. We pray, Lord, that you look on everyone who might be viewing this, this uh, live stream right now, asking in the name of Jesus that you will be with them and meet them where we are, where they are, for we know that you are omnipresent. You fill all spaces. You're everywhere at the same time, and there's nothing impossible with you. Oh, we pray for those that desire to be here, not able to be here, that you would touch them where they are with a healing touch in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal them, Lord, from the crown of their head to the sole and the base of their feet. For you made us and you know all about us. You know exactly what the problem is when we are not well in our bodies. We are down in our spirit or our mind or our heart. You're able, Lord, to bind us up and to lift us up. Hallelujah. And so we give you thanks and praise for that. Now we ask in the name of the Lord that you will speak a word from the Bible that will be of blessing and benefit to our souls. As we speak today, Lord, let it not be me, but let your Holy Spirit quicken me and make your word alive. Make it come off the pages of this Holy Bible. Hallelujah. And let it prick and touch the hearts of your people that some, Lord, may come to repentance and others may yield to you and others may lift their hands in praise and adoration of your great name and that on all things you will be glorified. Now touch us and bless us, anoint us and use us today and we will forever give your name the praise that rightfully deserves. In the name Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated at this time in the name of the Lord. The psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. And we are so blessed today, amen, to be gathered together in the house of the Lord. We can say it like that. Right, we're going to invite you this afternoon to open your Bibles with us to the gospel according to Luke chapter 18. I feel led today to share with you a thought that I have spoken on in the past as the Lord leads. You know, that's one thing about preaching for a long time. I learned a while back that it's all right to repeat. <laughs> it's a good thing. Praise the Lord for the Bible says we shouldn't be forgetful hearers. Is that right? Amen. And I know if I can barely remember what I said, I know you don't. <laughs> but thank God for this Bible. We can always go back to the scriptures and read what the word says and obey it. We're going to be reading from the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And then I want to read a verse to you from the 34th Psalm. Luke chapter 18 verse 9 begins this way. 
And he, that is Jesus, spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let us say thank the Lord. I want to talk to you again today about broken things. Broken things. This parable that is part of the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Luke contrasts the behavior and attitude of heart of a Pharisee and a publican, and it is a very powerful illustration. For the benefit of those listening who may not be familiar with what a Pharisee or a publican was, the Pharisees were a Jewish religious group. They strove to keep the letter of the law that was given to Israel by the lawgiver, Moses. The publican, on the other hand, was a Jewish tax collector, and he collected taxes of the Jews for the Romans. Often, these publicans cheated their own people, charging the Jews more taxes than were due, and then they would pocket the excess. Didn't have a very good accounting system or auditing system. And that is how some of the publicans got rich. Stealing from others, ripping off other people. So we have these two men coming into prayer. The prayer meeting at the temple. And after listening to their prayers, we find out something about the life they lived. Uh, we see here that we are even surprised at the outcome because God did not accept the man who seemed to be doing the right things. But he did accept the man who called himself, quote, a sinner, unquote. And so this parable shows us that the person who gloats about his personal holiness does not impress God. 
Why? Because the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. In other words, no one possesses the quality of personal righteousness that is pleasing to God. The scripture says we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Why are our good deeds not good enough for God? Because the scripture says this, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Therefore, those who claim personal righteousness apart from the righteousness of God reveal that their heart is full of pride and self-conceit. And here is what we should know about pride. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The Bible says that God did not receive the Pharisees' prayer and worship. He did not leave the prayer meeting justified or right in the eyes of the Lord because he was proud. However, the publican experienced God's grace Amen. Because he was humble, he was honest. And the publican's attitude of heart reminds us of our scripture text from Psalm 34 and 18 that says, The Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. A contrite means repentant or Someone who's godly sorrowful. So the publican had a broken heart. The publican had a contrite spirit. That's why he got the Lord's attention and received the Lord's forgiveness, mercy, and grace. This is why I'm talking today about broken things. Now, broken things, broken things... Before a thing can be made, it must be broken. Before the house is built, the tree must be broken down. Before the foundation can be laid, the rocks must be blasted from the quarry bed where they have long laid in peace and quiet. Before the ripe strawberries can cover the fields, the soil must be broken and beaten small. Before there can be life, there must be death. Before there can be joy, there must be weeping. The tears and cries of the anguish of childbirth precede the joy that floods the mother's heart at the sound of the first cry of her newborn babe. This is the law of life in the natural realm, and it is the law of life in the spiritual realm as well. There is no making without breaking. And I hope you can see this afternoon that the Lord mends. He fixes broken things. We cast broken things aside, don't we? We call them junk, don't we? Hallelujah. But our God casts unbroken things. Amen. He doesn't cast them aside as useless. But he makes something out of them. Amen. That's honorable to him. 
And so the Bible is full of illustrations about broken things that are mended by the Lord. Again and again, God interacts with broken things. He mends them. He blesses them and uses them to gain victory and to give him glory. Genesis speaks of a broken fellowship, but God uses it for the exhibition of his grace. Exodus tells us of a broken law, but God uses it to prove to man his need of salvation. Numbers depicts a broken covenant, uh, praise the Lord, and the Psalms are the outpouring of a broken and a contrite heart. The book of the kings tell of a man with a broken back who sat at the king's table. Judges speaks of broken pitchers in the hands of 300 men. In Matthew, we read of broken loaves in the hands of Jesus. Marx tells us of a roof that was broken up so that a paralyzed man could approach Jesus for healing. And in Luke, we read of a broken alabaster box brought by a woman who was described as a sinner. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But she got Jesus' attention that day. In John, we discover family ties broken by death when Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, died. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, we remember the broken net and the broken ship and the pieces which helped to save Paul and his companion. We remember also the broken bread that represents the body of our Lord Jesus on the tree. And we hear him saying to his disciples as he distributes the bread of communion, this is my body which is broken for you. In each of these examples, the breaking was for a purpose. And in every instance, a blessing resulted. They outweighed uh, and outweighed the suffering of brokenness until the pain of breaking was soon forgotten. Now, there are several types of brokennesses I want to talk about. First, I want to talk about the brokenness of repentance. Amen. This is the one key thing that, that, that I want to get us to understand today because there is too little true heartfelt repentance going on in our day. You know, it's rare that you see tears from, of true repentance streaming down the face of people as they feel brokenness within for sinning against God or their neighbor. It is rare that you hear deep guttural sobs as people cry openly because they know they have failed God and are truly sorry. I remember quite a while ago preaching at a church uh, up in Lynn, Massachusetts. And after I finished preaching, I was preaching for several days there, but after I finished preaching one Friday night, a young fellow that was sitting way in the back of the church, the last pew, he came up and he said he wanted to be saved. And so, as we used to do in those days, one of the church mothers got a chair and she sat it up on the side of what we call the communion table. And the young man knelt at another chair. And I went in the back and I sat down and he began to call Jesus. And he called Jesus for about five minutes or so. But as it got to around 10 minutes, I, I heard a change in his voice. He stopped saying Jesus, Jesus, like he was a handsome cutie pie. Hallelujah. But he began to call him from down in here. 
and I heard the range of his voice dip and I heard that his voice was not, Jesus wasn't just coming from the throat anymore. It was coming down in his belly. It reminded me of the scripture where Jesus said, if ye believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Too many people are trying to impress people. Too few people are trying to impress God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so as I listen for just a few more minutes, this young man who began to call Jesus from deep within after a while, not only did his voice change, uh, praise God, but in a few moments the Holy Ghost fell on him and he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. I doubt whether it took 15 minutes, uh, but he made up his mind. He really wanted to be saved after he heard the word of God and he didn't get down there trying to impress the mother that was sitting beside him or the saints who were still hanging around. Praise God. He wasn't, wasn't caught up with people. Amen. He was looking to the Lord and the Lord filled him in just a matter of minutes with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. So it's rare to see people's hands lifted in surrender to the Lord as they completely give up their way and willingly accept his way. Praise God, amen. Amen, and let me just deviate from this parable that we've read here. I wanna go over to that one again about that woman with the alabaster box. Amen, in the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke, because, amen, there's something I want to say to you and impress upon you, because, amen, Jesus went into the house of somebody who was a Pharisee on that occasion also. He was invited to dinner and he got in there and sat down amen you to be fed but the Bible says about that time there came a woman from the city into that Pharisee's house and she had an alabaster box. Alabaster, praise the Lord, was a very, very expensive commodity. And in that box she had some very precious, expensive oil. Hallelujah. And the Bible says this woman was a sinner. So let's, let's just be plain. She was probably immoral. She was probably a prostitute if she wasn't a prostitute, amen, she was fooling around with a number of men and living that way, praise the Lord, and so she had a bad reputation, praise God, she took the oil that was in that box as tears ran down her face. Hallelujah. And she began to uh, open that box and let the tears that were running down her face fall on the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And she didn't have a towel so she took her hair and she began to dry his feet. And then she took that oil that was in that box and she began to anoint his feet and you know the old Pharisee was sitting there the Bible says he was thinking within himself you know we do a lot of self talk and some of it's destructive See, he was saying to himself if this man really were a prophet he would realize what kind of woman was touching him she's a sinner amen he would rebuke her for putting her hands on him praise Lord but you know I love Jesus because the Bible tells me 
in the first chapter of the gospel of John that nobody needed to tell him what was going on inside a man because he already knew. He knew our thoughts. He knows our thoughts from afar off. Uh, praise God. And so he spoke to this Pharisee in whose house he was a guest. And he said, I've got a little story for you. He said, I want you to see if you can give me the answer. He said, there were two people that owed their Lord money. He said, and one owed uh, 500 pence and the other owed 50. Amen. And he said, and when they had nothing to pay, he said, frankly, their Lord forgave them both. Uh, he said, which one do you think was happier? Which one do, do you think loved their master more? And the fellow probably didn't have to scratch his head too long. He said, the one, uh, amen, who was forgiven much. Uh, amen. That was an easy question. Amen. And Jesus said, you have rightly, amen, ascertained the, the answer. He said, but let me break it down to you because that was just a story, but it was a story for you. He said, I came into your house and it is customary to wash, amen, your uh, guest's feet, but you did not wash my feet, uh, but this woman has washed my feet with tears from her eyes. Hallelujah to God. He said, listen, you didn't dry my feet, but she took her hair and she dried my feet. She, he said, you did not anoint my head with oil as your guest. Uh, amen. But she has bought an alabaster box with precious ointment and she has anointed my feet. Uh, he made it very clear as he does here in this 18th chapter that those that have been forgiven much love much. Uh, and, and see, here's the point about repentance. Don't try to impress people with your speech. If you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You need to talk like it. Amen. And to confess like it. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, nobody's going to talk themselves up on the Holy Ghost. Uh, nobody's going to talk themselves into speaking with tongues as the Spirit give utterance. Uh, that's why, amen, pray. I'll just be real frank with you right this afternoon on live stream. That's why I hold some of you at arm's distance because I know, praise God, that you come into the church and some of you are still playing the same old games in here that you played on the street. I'm just looking I'm just looking for the day when you act like this woman uh, and humble yourself and just publicly acknowledge uh, that you are wrong and your wrong didn't stop at the door. You've been playing some games in here. Praise the Lord. And you know, as long as you do that, as far as I'm concerned, you're dangerous because these are the sheep of God and I'm the watchman for their soul. And so I don't want anybody, amen, who can't get their lust under control, a young lady to come in here because it's happened, carry out a young man. I don't want a young man who can't get his lust under control to come in here and steal one of the, one of the youths and take them out because they can't control themselves. Get a hold of yourself. Humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. There's some feelings I have. There's some things I've done. There's some ways I think that are not pleasing to you. And frankly, I'm embarrassed to admit that I am that way. Praise God. But I'm humbling myself and asking you to have mercy on me and forgive me. When I, let me tell you something, I may not be able to see your heart, nor can your neighbor. Praise God. But when a person 
person's heart really breaks, uh, their behavior changes. Uh, hallelujah. God has so designed us. Sometimes their tears run down our face and we don't have a whole lot to say much more than this, than this publican. Lord, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. If some of you would just get up and acknowledge that and stop thinking that you fooled everybody. You might have fooled some people, but you ain't fooled this bald man. Uh, praise God because uh, when you live raggedy after a while your raggediness gets out into the public and eventually is coming back to the pastor. If the Lord don't show him and tell him somebody else will, praise God. Amen. And the bottom line is this if you're going to come in here, then give your life completely to Jesus and stop playing the games of the world. If you're going to come in here and you want to make it to heaven, then you've got to thoroughly repent from everything that's not like God. And don't fool yourself into thinking that just because I fool the pastor or the elders or the mothers or the deacons or even the saints I've gotten by. For the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the good and the evil. He sees everything. He hears everything. Amen. David said in the 139th Psalm that the light and the darkness are the same to him. People love dark, John said, because their deeds are evil. And so sometimes we think that when the lights are off or down low, we can do our dirt and nobody knows about it. But if nobody in the earth knew about it, Jesus knows. And he's not going to give you the Holy Ghost until you repent. He's not going to give you the Holy Ghost and trust you with his spirit until you get to the place where you can be like this publican be like that woman with the alabaster box and say listen enough is enough I played the game long enough if the Lord would have come right now I'd be left right here some of y'all if the Lord came during testimony service you got a lot of chirping a lot of mouth he's gonna come he can catch us all the way and you'd still be testifying all you need to do is I said on on Tuesday night some of you just need to jump up and say hallelujah or say thank you Jesus and sit down others need to get up and say saints I'm living a devil's life I'm messed up but I want Jesus I need him I want you to pray for me praise the Lord because my life is not right it don't take long to get right you don't need to read an essay to us to get right you just need to admit and it's not that we haven't or heaven or hell to put you in what's important is your humility when you really want to get right you don't care who hears you hallelujah to God you think that that publican cared whether or not that Pharisee way up there in the front of the church heard his prayer he could care less all he did was smote himself on the breast and say Lord be merciful to me a sinner hallelujah to God it doesn't take a lot to get God's attention it doesn't take a lot amen to cause him to his heart to be moved with compassion towards you amen but amen he despises those amen who won't be honest and won't be right he despises the proud because the only thing that won't let you repent is you're proud amen you're still trying to impress people you still want everybody to think you're all right you still want everybody to think that you are good praise God but I already read the scripture that said there's none righteous no not one there's none that understand there's none that seeketh after God hallelujah 
that includes you so all you need to do is say Lord be merciful to me I've been playing the game for a long time but I'm tired now because you know sin will make you tired have any of you ever carried a burden I mean something that was physical and something that was heavy praise the Lord you carry it for a while unless you're in very good shape after a while you'll start getting tired you'll notice your heart rate begin to go up you'll notice your respiration rate begin to increase as the body needs more oxygen amen to help those muscles hold that weight after a while you're either going to put it down or you're going to drop it and I would think that some of you by now you've been here a long time you ought to be tired of sin tired of the weight of sin tired of pretending tired of injecting sometime but not living a nickel's worth of dog meat amen praise God you don't have to be a fake when you can be real you don't have to pretend when you can be authentic hallelujah and we used to sing a song years ago that said God wants real people to testify for him don't worry about what the person on the other end of the pew is doing say it's me it's me oh lord and i am standing in the need of prayer let the church say amen oh thank you jesus praise god so listen you've got to become godly sorrowful there's a, a repentance called attrition that's one where the person is sorry they got caught and that's where some of you live you're sorry you get caught you keep slipping and sliding ducking and dodging and hiding amen you're wondering whether I know it doesn't make a difference whether I know praise God because the Lord knows hallelujah to God thank you Jesus my 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 praise God but let me tell you something it's time for you to really surrender it's time for you to come down off your horse of pride and say Lord have mercy on me praise God so don't have repentance that's attrition but have repentance that's contrition contrite 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 heart I've read the scriptures to you earlier you see when you stop being proud you got a contrite heart amen you just bring it all to the Lord and lay it before him you're not trying to hide anything praise the Lord you said Lord here here it is it reminds me of the song the old hymn that said just as I am without one plea and that thy blood was shed for me oh lamb of God I come I'm going to say it again it doesn't make a difference who you fool from the pulpit to the door amen the Lord's going to have the last say amen you might hide the thoughts of your heart and not do stuff in front of the saints but the Lord's going to have the last say hallelujah why don't you just come broken broken to Jesus and say Lord something wrong with my tongue something wrong with my eyes something wrong with my hands something wrong with my mind something wrong with my feet hallelujah I've got a stubborn spirit I've got a rebellious spirit I've got a backbiting spirit hallelujah oh Jesus I want you to help me I want you to deliver me I want you to break the 
lions of Satan and make me free again. Shout yeah. Oh Jesus. I'm coming to you Lord and I want to turn from my wicked ways and I want you to have mercy on me. Hallelujah. And I want you to deliver me. Thank you Jesus because when you fully repent the Lord will have mercy on you and he'll forgive you your sin. I don't care how bad your sin was. The Bible said as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. So don't you sit out there and I'm cautioning some of you saints amen who think there's something wrong with me because I don't go and embrace everything with everybody. I know what I'm doing and I know if I had respect to a person to me it would be sin just like you but I don't fool with folk amen that still got the devilment going on because it's my job to protect the sheep from the he he wolves and the she wolves that come in here. Hallelujah to God. Anybody sitting in here that's going to teach something contrary to what I'm teaching from the Bible is a wolf and wolf come in more than one gender anybody that's talking against the saints and talking against the church is a wolf amen and wolf come in he and she gender hallelujah it's my job to teach and to feed and to protect hallelujah to God and that's why I come this close sometime to completely snatching the covers off of stuff that's not like God so you can see that you're playing with somebody that's dangerous hallelujah it's right to do right by everybody but you better know who you're fooling with because some of these folk are dangerous but I'm so glad when you make up your mind you want to be right and you want to do what's right it don't take long for the Lord to come in and change your heart and change your mind and change your behavior so you learn how to walk right and talk right and I'll be the first in line that's happy for you hallelujah because I know that that wolf spirit has been destroyed and that sweet spirit of God is now bursting forth we've got to be able to trust one another in here is that right hallelujah if I had a daughter in here I wouldn't want any man sniffing around after her like a dog you know I'll put him out and the same thing goes for women these women that have set you up and lay down with you and they're not your they're not your wife some of them do it for a living and some of it do to get money and some of it do to get a connection some of them do it to pay their rent it's not right never was to sell your body hallelujah when Jesus is able to deliver you Jesus is able to save you I believe he forgave that woman because he said he did that woman with the alabaster box he said I sins there's no greater words that can be spoken 
to you than for God Almighty to say, thy sins be forgiven. I know that don't make you happy, but I feel like jumping right now. Hallelujah. Because when your sins have been forgiven and washed in the precious blood of Christ, you are righteous in the sight of God. It's not your righteousness, but it's a righteousness of God. And when the Lord sees you, you are justified. You look good to him. You might not be able to say that I was never a sinner, but you see, it's all right now. It's all right now because everything you did is under the blood. Do I have a witness that his blood can wash away each stain? You don't need to talk about it no more. You don't need to get up and feel bad about it anymore. Hey, because the Lord delivered you. He's washed you and made you clean. It don't make a difference who gets up and tries to drag your past up. They don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. If the Lord forgave you, then you're forgiven. He'll remember your sin. I don't care what it was. He'll remember your sin no more. But don't sit there pretending because you're going to miss out on an opportunity to experience a great salvation. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. Let the church say amen. All right, let me move on now because there's other kinds of brokenness. There's the brokenness of disappointment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody said they saw a sign one time that said, welcome to disappointment, but don't stay long. Hallelujah. You know, life has a way of delivering much less than what we expected. And sometimes people get let down. But when you're going through the town of disappointment, it's just a town. It's not your whole life experience. I say, don't stay long. Hallelujah. When mother and I and the perfumies were riding across the country early this year, we got into some towns that were so small that if you sneeze good, you'd be in and out. I remember signs seeing signs. Population nine, not nine thousand, not nine million, nine. And I saw another sign said population five. And I was wondering if anybody died since the sign was put up. Hallelujah. But you're in there and you're out of there without speeding. And you're going to experience disappointment, but don't stay in that town long. Don't be crying and booing all the time. Let me tell you, disappointments are going to come sometime. Hallelujah. The Bible even says in Isaiah 53 that Jesus was a man of sorrow and he was acquainted 
heard with grief, but he didn't cry all the time. We heard, praise God, in Lazarus' grave. The Bible said Jesus wept, but he wasn't weeping all the time. Amen. Don't try to cry if there ain't nothing to cry about. I hear people sometimes, they want to try to sound earnest. They get up, oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't fake it. Hallelujah. If you feel good, then don't be afraid to feel good. Don't feel bad about feeling good. You trying to act like you're sad, sick, and sorry. Amen. Praise God. It just ain't coming across as authentic. Sometime you're going to cry. That's why David said, weeping may endure for a night. Just a night. Just a night. But joy comes in the morning. Shout yeah. You got the Holy Ghost. You ought to be up most of the time. Shout yeah. Joy's coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Hear David when he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. He said, For I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. How about that? Hallelujah. All you need to look at Jesus and he'll bring you through. He'll bring you out of that little town of disappointment. And I hear Paul say in the New Testament, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let me tell you, saints, something. Sometime we've got to be broken in order for the Lord to get the glory out of our lives. As long as nothing bad happens to us, there's a tendency to get puffed up, to be proud, to be judgmental. Hallelujah. But you and I need to be able to show compassion. And a lot of times you're able to show compassion when you get slapped down off your horse of pride. And you begin to realize, I need the Lord. I need his help. I need provision. Sometimes your money is running a little short. You could go and get a gun and go to the bank. But I wouldn't advise it. I say the better thing to do is say, Lord, this is all I have. You fed 5,000 plus with two fish and five loaves of bread. I need you to breathe on these two George Washingtons. That's all I got right now. I need George to go a long way. All I got is Abraham. Hallelujah. And he been dead a long time. Hallelujah. I need you to breathe on Abraham. I'm talking about Lincoln. Hallelujah to God and make him last for a long time. God has a way that you can't figure out. God has a way of blessing you beyond what you can imagine. God has a way of taking the little you have and stretching it and making it go a long way. Do I have a witness? Do I have a witness? The Lord 
will make a way somehow. But sometimes you've got to go through disappointment. But just go on through. Hallelujah. And then there's the brokenness of adversity. Trouble comes your way. You lose a loved one. That's heartbreaking. But remember the scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Your money is low. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. Hallelujah. But your heavenly Father knows that ye have need of these things. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added to you. He knows how to bless you and he knows when to bless you. Somebody said he may not come when you want him but he's right on time. Do I have a witness that he's an on time God? Well stop sitting there and raise your hand and say amen. Hallelujah. You get troubles and trials in life and it breaks you. Hallelujah. And makes you feel cast down. But David said the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. What will you be confident in? That the Lord, can you say the Lord, can you say the Lord is my light? Yeah, and my deliverance. Can you say my deliverance? Can you say it like you mean in my deliverance? That's who he is. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There's a strange connection between pain and power. It's paradoxical. In being emptied, we are filled. In being broken, we are made whole. Hallelujah. If you look in your Bible, you see there's no rainbow without a flood. There is no burning bush without a desert. There is no exodus without bondage. There is no return exile without exile. There's no birth of Jesus without childbirth. There's no resurrection Sunday without Good Friday. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that the devil, things and people, being what they are, it is necessary for God sometimes to use the hammer and the file and the furnace and his holy work of preparing a saint. Praise God to be a true child of God. It is doubtful. 
I'm here to tell you, don't weep right now, but it is doubtful whether God can bless a person greatly until he has hurt them deeply. Hallelujah. When he hurts you, when he allows pain to come to you, it ought to cause you to look up and put your trust in the Lord. Some of you are singing and shouting, jumping and running, but you haven't been hurt yet. You haven't been pierced yet. Hallelujah. You know, I listen sometimes to musicians and I listen to songsters and some people have a beautiful voice and they can sing like a mockingbird as the sing goes and somebody get up behind them. The quality of their voice may not be quite as good, but when they open their mouth, here comes power and anointing out of their mouth. And I say that first one was a good technical singer, but here's somebody singing from feeling, singing from their brokenness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you've been broken and the Lord put you back together, hallelujah. Can't no devil in hell stop you or block you. Hallelujah. Because you know in whom you have believed and you're persuaded that he is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. If I have a witness, raise your hand and shout, yeah, hallelujah. Some of you are suffering because of your disobedience. I'm here to tell you today, I'm talking about broken things. I'm here to prophesy that the Lord is going to bring you out. You brought it on yourself, but it won't be forever. If you hold on, if you keep the faith, if you keep on pressing, if you keep on praying, if you keep on praising, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is going to bring you out. Do you believe it? Then shout, yeah. Lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm in pain. I'm hurting. But I know the Lord has laid his hands on me. After a while, after a while, it's going to be all right. Job said, though the skin worms destroy my flesh, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Shout, yeah. You got to know it's going to be all right. After a while, I may be broken, but Jesus, the preacher used to sing, picked up the pieces. Hallelujah. And he put them back together like they ought to be. He said, I was that old broken vessel. Hallelujah. Are you a broken vessel? Well, I'm here to tell you, you might be broken now, but you're not going to be broken forever. Because Jesus is the master designer. Jesus is a healer. Jesus can make you whole from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. He can fix it. 
tell your neighbor Jesus can fix it. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, Jesus can fix it. And I know, I know, I know. Keep on talking to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I know he's going to help me. Neighbor, I know he's going to mend me. Neighbor, I know he's going to fix me. Now give him the praise. Shall yeah, shall yeah, shall yeah, shall yeah. Jesus told Peter, Satan desire to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you're converted, go strengthen your brother. There are going to be times of brokenness. Hallelujah. And some of them the Lord will allow. But know that he has a purpose. Amen. And when he fixes everything, he's going to do it better than you ever could have done it that's why you need to take your hands off it some of the problem with some of you right now is your time to fix it sometime all this does the flapping of the lips and the fluttering of the tongue is make matters worse you need a miracle you need supernatural intervention praise the Lord do you hear me? You need supernatural intervention. Why don't you just do like this publican? Why don't you just do like that woman and say, Lord, I'm inviting you now into this situation. I'm broken. I've done everything I know to do. Now I need you to fix it. I need you to fix it. I need you to fix it. Hallelujah. And if you just back off, and if you need to, put your hands in your pockets. Hmm? And then watch him work. Watch him work. You just keep praying and watch him work. You just keep praising and watch him work. Hallelujah. Some of you, as soon as you get broken, I ain't playing my tambourine. I'm broken. I don't feel good. I'm going to sit down. I ain't going to press my way. Don't they know how I feel? No, I'm not talking about, you know, surgery and that kind of thing. I'm talking about some of us. Our, nerve, our nose is twitching. Things aren't, you know, the boss said an unkind word. We can just get, we going to sit down. I ain't going to give him the praise because we don't listen to the evangelicals tell us that everything's supposed to be perfect all the time. That's why them churches are full, full of nonsense, full of nonsense. <laughs> That's why there's a revolving door in there all the time. That's why they got to talk about love and forgiveness all the time. 
Because you ain't living a nickel's worth of dog meat. If you can't live right, you're always feeling condemned. If you're living right, you don't feel condemned, do you? You just have to make sure you give the Lord the glory. But don't come in here sitting down, I'm depressed. See, I don't think that should ever come out the mouth of a saint. Even if you felt down. I don't like that word. Get rid of it. That's for folk that don't know Jesus. Let them talk about depression so they can find out he can deliver them from it. I'm depressed. That means you ain't called Jesus lately. Yeah. Amen. I dare you, depressed one. I dare you to call Jesus. I dare you to open up that Bible and begin to pour through those Psalms. Amen. Now the Lord lifting you up and you mad. Because he's going to make you feel better. How many know the joy of the Lord is our strength? I see you raising your hand because I'm looking at you. But I feel like closing my eyes. Amen. You don't know this until you tried this. Well, you just don't know my wife. You just don't know my husband. You just don't know my children. Yeah, I don't. I don't in most cases, I don't want to know. <laughs> but I know somebody that knows. Right. Right. The old songwriter said, Jesus knows all about our trouble. And he will guide till the day is done. Praise the Lord. Amen. But let me tell you something you have no right to do. You have no right to come in here, especially if you made your own way hard, and sit down on the Lord. I ain't going to praise him. I ain't going to praise him. I ain't got nothing to praise the Lord for. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. We want to have a powerful testimony without the first four letters. A child feels good when they come home with a report card and there's some good grades on it. But they don't get good grades for just showing up. They get grades, good grades because they listened, because they studied. They might even take some practice tests. Amen. And so when the real test day came, they knew how to take a test properly. They did well. They did well. Then they, they have a right to feel good about it because they put the work in. Amen. To do well. Praise God. And, and, and so sometimes we just have to go through the test. But we can't come in here and looking sad, sick, and sorry and have to have the, the praise leader almost kill themselves. It's like somebody pulling a whole long train by themselves up a hill because we're depressed. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Has the Lord been good to you? Has he been good to you? You ought to praise him for his goodness. When you come in here, Praise the Lord for his goodness. And I know some of y'all think, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. You'd be surprised how much I know about you and what you're going through. Amen. You'd be surprised at how the Lord speaks to me and what he lets me stumble up upon. And I know how to keep my mouth shut and take it to the Lord in prayer. And my heart breaks and goes out for some of you. Because I know the devil got you in the 
ring hitting you like George Foreman hit um, Joe Frazier. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go home and watch the fight. Pull it up on YouTube. Joe Frazier was a good boxer, but he met his match that day. I think that man knocked him down about six times. Smoking Joe. Down on the floor again. And sometimes that's how you feel. Like, am I ever going to be able to give up? I'm here to tell you, yes. Yes. You're gonna get, well, God's going to get you up one way or the other. Either he's going to fix you so when the devil hits you in the jaw, it don't phase you. Or he's going to take the devil out. And when he take the devil out, I don't want to see you boohooing, crying. Ah, he took my devil. <laughs> I'm going to just say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He took the devil away. He took the devil away finally. I was just wondering how long it was going to be, but I know he was going to do it. Huh? How many know that Jesus can change people? You ought to know that because, first of all, he started working on you. <laughs> but I've seen him do some things that, quite frankly, I didn't really think was possible. Because as optimistic when I was young, I was ideal. Now, I ain't no I ain't, idealism been gone for decades. It didn't go to the point that I said, yeah, man, that, that one ain't going to change. This just ain't ever going to change. But I've seen the Lord do some things that I know that only Jesus can do it. No psychiatrist, no medicine. Huh? You don't need no downers and no uppers from no nut. I dare you to praise him in the midst of your trouble and see if he doesn't lift you up. Huh? I know I need to stop before the snow comes. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Bible said, with joy shall ye draw waters from the wells of salvation. If you're saved, then you got a bucket. <laughs> and you ought to dip that bucket down in the wells of salvation. And every time you pull, you ought to be saying, thank you, Jesus. And hallelujah. Because you know there's a refreshing coming. There's a refreshing coming. Praise the Lord. So I'll tell you like Nehemiah told those people after he read the Bible to them. He said, stop crying. Stop crying. Even if you were coming up with the short end of the stick, now you done heard the word. Somebody take a deep breath in here and let it out. You're still alive. So there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ought to just go ahead and rejoice anyway. Praise God. Amen. When you rejoice like this, you didn't remind me to praise him in advance. You know that? Oh, we're going to sing that today then. I'm going to stop. Come on, y'all. Come on. You got me six days late. Amen. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you just have to praise the Lord in advance of his blessing. You know what? I know I'm always using these boxing analogies. Sometimes my wife gives me, I say, preachers always preach about sports. 
because, you know, old days, most men play sports and women, and now some women play sports more than men. So I guess I'm getting in vogue now because everybody knows what I'm talking about now. These women, they play more sports than men sometimes. But I'll give you another boxing analogy, and I've said this before. When Muhammad Ali was fighting George Foreman, he might have knocked Frazier around like a punching bag, but he would hit Ali, and Ali would say to George, is that all you got? And that frustrated George because <laughs> he was knocking everybody else down with them punches. And it wasn't, didn't seem to be bothering the man. Sometimes you got to praise the Lord like there ain't nothing wrong. And confuse, confuse, confuse your enemy. Somebody lift their hands and say, yeah. Come on, come on. Y'all get the mics. Y'all got the mics? Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord together.